we're back. <laughs> Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo. I'm joined by my co-host this week. Uh, What's it com- going to be? What's it going to be? <laughs> uh, comrade Bella Lugosi. You know, believe it or not, I don't think I've actually used that one yet. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a keeper. He's, he's like I the original. Maybe the, maybe the best. Sort yeah. of original. Um, what's Wee. going on? <clears throat> um, what is going on? I... Yeah, not a whole lot. I'm I'm leaving town for a few days. That's kind of preoccupied my thoughts. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> work work for the government still always fun and interesting. Uh, the range of people I talk to, I talked to somebody this week who was a social worker working on behalf of two people in ICE detention, both from Honduras. Um, both, of course, came to the U.S. with no identification. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like spitballing ideas for how they can get their Honduran passports while they're in ICE custody. And I'm just like, I, they're not going to let them out to go get their passports. They're just going to no. kick them out of the country. So, um, and I asked her who she was a social worker for. And I, apparently it was some Catholic charity uh, who was basically like trying to just advocate for people in detention. So I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. cool. It wasn't, yeah. yeah. And of course, one of them was 15 and already had a child themselves and they were also in detention too and i was just like oh god jesus it just gets worse uh but yeah i mean i the the nice thing is that i don't i'm never um when i'm giving people you know advice on getting their passports and and um you know that knowledge it's always in with the it's always to try to help people you know like i don't Mm -hmm. i'm not working on like the ice dhs side where they're going after people for just trying to to be citizens or come here or whatever um so I, I feel good knowing that I'm like sort of in my work, I get to kind of like work against these. Uh, Hopefully they don't uh, figure out so... that that's what you guys are doing and try to make well, you no, do the I mean, every, Everything that we're doing is like we have to follow a set of rules to help people, no, yeah. right? And and it's designed to help people. when And sometimes they're citizens and sometimes they're not. But, you know, it's always like everything I'm doing is, is very clear cut as far as the goal of trying to help people. Um, so I like that. I like that about my job a lot. So. Yeah. So that's no, I don't. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't mean in terms of like you. I mean like if if some idiot ever is like, hey, why don't we use all this manpower to instead of helping people get their passports to make sure that we, you know, out these undocumented and send like you know, right? Well, just I'm horrible fairly, policy changes yeah, at the top. Well, we know how ICE has opened up this special division to go after people who are U.S. citizens who became yeah, they US got enough people legally. to do that already, I guess. Yeah. Right. So they're hunting legal immigrants to try to. You know, strip their citizens, naturalize, kick them out of the country, even, and I'm pretty sure insane. that, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that like the scrutiny that goes into someone applying for a passport is is very much a part of how they try to catch those people, mm-hmm. right? And you know, of course, I'll see applications that are sitting in limbo for months at a time where no one's even really investigating it. It just gets pulled and and flagged, and. You know, we have a protocol for like, you know, somebody calls in, says, hey, where is it? It's been six months. We have a way to go about trying to get it right. Where if it's not being investigated, they got to basically put up or shut up and like give them their their damn passport, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can see that effect of like the 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 DHS sort of infecting the process and making life hell for people, even when they do follow all the rules. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's get into the news of the week. I got a couple things I want to hit on. Um, oh, and just FYI, the reason this episode's coming Wednesday, uh, like Comrade said, he's going to be away, and my sister's getting married on Friday, so I'm not going to be congratulations. Around. Yeah. So are yeah, you are you the uh, are you the groom? Are you got a real close family, or is that <laughs> no? Just kidding. 
<laughs> no, I am reading in the wedding though. I'm reading uh Avid Brothers lyrics, which is I thought oh. was pretty cool. Yeah, that's fun. Um yeah, so uh this episode's coming to you Wednesday and then we'll be back uh, probably at our normal time next Friday. Um oh, and also before we start, we are doing a um a merch drive uh basically to just kind of help us offset some of the costs of production here costs a lot to host the podcast every month uh you can go over to teespring.com slash move left we have uh t-shirts tote bags coffee mugs women's cut t-shirts you know uh they're really like good quality materials i i made sure not to pick like the cheap ass hanes you know tagless tees i made sure they use the nice. premium quality t-shirts so and i heard we already sold one to our number one super fan thanks ashley yeah thanks ash i figured it was her i, I i'm not <laughs> i saw that I, I saw in the thing women's cut and i was like oh that's gotta be ashley um yeah. But yeah, that, that was cool. I bought one myself too. That's pretty pretty swanky looking. But yeah, so uh, go over to teespring.com slash move left. Uh, they're, you know, you can choose a bunch of colors. I think they're really, you know, cool looking designs and uh, it helps out the show. Um, yeah, so in terms of the news this week, uh, I want to I touch briefly. There's a couple things I want to touch on that I don't really have a story prepared for, uh, like the Julian Assange thing. Uh, it's really fucked up, but apparently Julian Assange is about to be imminently handed over to the UK authorities, uh, and he's probably going to get extradited to Sweden on that bullshit charge that kind of got dropped. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to immediately extradite him to the US on this sealed uh, grand jury they've that's been sitting on with him. the fear. Yeah. 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 Which I, is I mean, fucking... They have, no, they have no grounds to bring him here. I mean, he's he's a journalist. Like, they have literally no legal grounds. Right. Well, you and, know, we set a precedent with Obama of putting eight whistleblowers in jail. So mm-hmm. there was very but little see, outrage then. So I, I doubt there's going to be now. Well, I agree. But so and, and we'll get into the kind of the thoughts about that people are having. But the other problem is, um, you know, all these people were whistleblowers. Chelsea Manning, uh, you know, Edward Snowden. Julian Assange is not a whistleblower. He is actually a journalism outfit. Like he he receives information right. from whistle. Right. So that's another level of fucking un- unconstitutionality if they actually do decide to prosecute him. And it would have an extremely chilling effect on the First Amendment if you if you're cuz if you can prosecute Julian Assange, you can prosecute New York Times, CNN, uh MSA, any journalistic outlet at all. So I mean Everyone in the fucking country should be screaming their heads off about this and saying, you know, you know, I I certainly wouldn't want to get put in prison for 35 years. But at this point, if I was Julian Assange, I'd be like, "Uh, fuck this living in this closet for five years. I would just risk it. And if they do put you on trial, you know, so be it. Uh, Name name the New York Times, Washington Post as your witnesses. Start put them on the stand and say, well, what is your rationale for right. publishing the exact same things that I published? You know, at this well, yeah, point, that's, I would that's just, why they... it's the only way he's ever going to stop being hunted is if he goes through some kind of legal process, which he shouldn't have to. But no, anything's better than absurd. what they're doing to him now. And and the yeah, and actually, that's why the Obama DOJ figured they could because they, they would have loved to have prosecuted him. But they realized then that that would open up a lawsuit for The New York Times, for all these other papers that published the exact same info that he did. Um, you know, not that they actually give a fuck about the First Amendment or free press. They just thought it would look bad. Uh, 
And, you know, it's just like the reason people aren't screaming their heads off are because there's still every fucking moron in the media who should be terrified for their their professions and their livelihood and the Constitution uh, would probably cheer if fucking Julian Assange got arrested because he cost Hillary the election, they think. You know, like that's there. It's still just such a fucking yeah. drive. Not rigging to the election, but being exposed for rigging the election. I mean, yes, for 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 publishing true information that was actually exchanged between the Hillary campaign. It, he, and, it, and it's yeah, I, you know, a grown adult is basically saying, you know, pointing the finger, saying, "Well, he started it," as their excuse for uh-huh. you know getting caught. It, it's just the the gymnastics they have to do you know and then they'll you know when you say well not a single one of these emails was none was on was was fraudulent they said all these things it's completely you know and and then they was like well but the russian hackers russian hackers in this complicated where america was attacked and everything it's like literally Podesta's password was password with a zero instead of a O. (laughs) yeah also that's that's the crack team of uh intel people (laughs) it took to bring down the mighty dnc also worth mentioning, uh, FBI still has not looked at DN- the DNC servers. They were given oh, screenshots. Yeah. There's a new excuse for that is in that you know they, they were screenshots the are better, <laughs> right? Well, so they were middle of the campaign, so they couldn't just turn over the servers. So they made replicas of uh-huh. the servers, and it, you know as though that's going to be legitimate, you know. And it's uh, yeah, I heard one person say, well, that's that's normal routine for uh you know when you're investigating a, a, a thing like this and you know anyone that works in tech clearly knows that and i'm like i don't i work in tech i didn't know that <laughs> it's not it's not it's, true because it's, it's not true it's bullshit it's right. it was an excuse and you know the other thing is the the firm again the fbi did not investigate uh they hired a third party firm so you know if you think you were hushed, uh, hacked by a foreign government you think you would want to involve the fbi to, to bring these people to justice and to nope. you know but no they uh hired a private company crowdstrike who have been proven to be a very untrustworthy company by the way they made Crowd up strike some... it just sounds like yeah. you know like a uh swat team riot gear wet dream of a you know band name <laughs> you should and anyone listening google um CrowdStrike Ukraine, uh, and you'll see, you know, news stories about how they essentially uh, made up uh, a bullshit story when they were investigating uh, a situation in the Ukraine uh, to make Putin look bad. So they're a completely untrustworthy company. Of course, that's who the fucking DNC hired. The, all this is to say, um, anyone who cares about free press or, or integrity in journalism or just integrity in general in this country should be screaming at the top of their lungs about Julian Assange being prosecuted and, you know, being imprisoned like he has been. Um, but they're not. So, you know, I just wanted to mention that quickly because I don't think we've talked about it in the past couple of weeks. Well, if you purity bros care so much about transparency, what about uh, Bernie's... Why hasn't Bernie released his taxes? <laughs> his long-form taxes. He re- <laughs> it just It's like, oh, what, what do you care about the taxes of a guy who's... It, it, it took him, you know, seventy-five years to amass close to a million dollars of of wealth. You know, like yeah. that's really what do you think you're going to find in those taxes that he? Uh... And he also did release. I mean, that, that, that it's mostly bullshit. I mean, he released the the required amount of tax returns or the the traditionally required amount of tax, like five years of worth of tax returns. It's like the fuck do you think he's stashing in those other? Like it, whatever, it's irrelevant. Um, so. 
also uh iran's been (laughs) been in the news uh because our uh president decided to cut uh an ultimate warrior style promo on the president of iran the other night on twitter uh i'm gonna read out his tweet uh and uh, this is literally in all capitals and all on all caps so you know imagine him screaming this into his text-to-speech on his phone uh to iranian president rouhani Never, ever threaten the United States again, or you will suffer the consequences, the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. We are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death. Be cautious, exclamation point. Um, so nobody knows what the fuck he's talking about. Uh, apparently, President Rouhani said something about like how the we're a destabilizing force in the middle it, it hard like really like banal shit like he did not say like i want to go to war with america like he really didn't say anything even remotely approaching that um I, my guess is that trump was watching like fox and friends and some you know bimbo or some fucking airhead was like oh well we need to we need to look strong uh you know president rwani is insulting our our country or our troop or whatever the fuck, you know, and and then he that's when he flew off into a rage. That that would be my guess. Well, but it's just right. Like he, he looks so uh I guess soft on Russia that he's gotta remind everyone that he can still be uh un- unreasonable. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Which uh, and it's funny because everyone always gets on about the Russia thing, but Russia and Iran are allies and Russia doesn't want us to be escalating tensions with Iran. So it's a, yeah. not just a further, you know, on top of the whole Trump is Putin's puppet thing, it's another thing to disprove that is that he's clearly pushing for regime change in Iran because he sent all his fucking surrogates out to to casually mention. Like I have a, a little a, a little quote from Ari Fleischer, that fucking gem, uh, Bush Bush's uh, uh, balding press secretary. I'm sure you guys remember him uh, lying us lying to us every day about the Iraq See, war. Yeah, he stuck around a long time too. I was impressed. He did. He, yeah, that's that's a tough administration to be a press secretary for. Um, somebody asked him on Fox News, "What do you make of the comparison?" I guess comparing Trump to some. I don't know. Uh, he goes, "I welcomed it. It was Ronald Reagan like." And you know what? Uh, Iran is going through turmoil in the streets and its cities right now, and has been for months. And it's a leaderless rebellion that's taking place because there is such a dissatisfaction throughout uh, the Iranian society with its government. Uh, and Mike Pompeo put his finger on one of the biggest problems, and it's corruption. Um, the people want their basic needs. They want their food. They want their health care. Oh, gee, I wonder what that's like. They want their environment. And uh, the Iranian government is so corrupt, it's making it much harder for people to live in that country. I mean, number one, before I even finish this quote, does he not hear the irony of what he's saying? That people want like food and health care and they want their environment protected, but the government's too corrupt that's making it hard for people to live in this well, country. Well, maybe he's saying that Iranians are really backwards and strange for wanting those things. I mean, who knows what's in his head? <laughs> um, so not, fascinating. Not, yeah, uh, just, you know, like to finish the sentence, like, well, not like Americans that know better and know that health care is just a trick, you know. <laughs> it's a, it's a gift under later. a tree, like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh so fascinating changes underway inside of iran no one can predict where they're going to go but the more unstable we can help iran become the better it is actually to secure peace if we can get rid of that get rid of that theological regime one day (laughs) or if the iranian people can get rid of it themselves um so you know 
Russia uh, uh, hacked our election with 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 thirteen Twitter trolls and some memes, and uh, we're just casually on TV, you know, in public talking about destabilizing Iran. He's not the only one who said it. John Bolton said it before. Uh, Mike Pence has kind of alluded to it before on TV. I mean, they could not want a fucking war. Uh, the, the, the prospect of war with Iran makes their dicks so hard because they know that um, an Iranian war is going to be way more devastating, way more of a quagmire than Iraq was, and it's going to cost trillions upon trillions. I mean, you think about Iraq and Afghanistan, we've spent conservatively $5.6 trillion on those two wars, just those two wars. $5.6 trillion with a T dollars. They are fucking salivating at the prospect of a war with Iran and regime change. And, but yet we're the ones lecturing all these other countries about trying to interfere, quote unquote, in our elections. I, you know, I just fucking. Well, it's not meddling if you do it blatantly and do it with, <laughs> you know, the most powerful army on the planet. Then it's just, you know, you can't say there's any subtle, fu- subtle, subtle, fu- whatever the subterfuge. Fuck the yeah, centrifuge. There we go. <laughs> subterfuge. Uh, is it centrifugal force or centripetal force? I always get those confused. No, fuck uh, <laughs> um, it. I mean, it's just, oh my God. I, I, it makes me fucking sick because it's like people nonstop talking about Russia should be fucking, again, screaming about this at the top of their lungs. Like, hey, don't start a fucking bullshit war with Iran. Stop trying to pro- stop trying to provoke one because that's clearly what you're doing. Like they they, they would snap at the at, at, at any ch- well, like a fucking jet gets blown up by accident, they would go to war with Iran. They're looking for any provocation whatsoever. Sure. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> the, the the weird the things the turtle the hurdles they go through. Um, well, and by they I mean centrist. Um, if they went to war with Iran, Rachel Maddow would say something to the effect of, uh, well, Iran and Russia are allies, so this is a, really just a proxy war with Russia, so it's good. So I mean, Or she would say, well, he's just doing would, it to throw that. us off the scent of his corruption and collusion with Russia or something like that. Yeah, well, it, it, the whole democratic strategy of, you know, the only way to resist Trump is to let him do everything he wants to so he'll look bad and then we'll impeach him at some point, you know, or let's we'll you we'll confirm all of his nominees because they would have gotten confirmed anyway, even though actually they wouldn't have without, you know, the, the, the usual Trump. five Democrats that always vote for every <laughs> Trump nominee. So it's yeah, people just never focus on the fucking right things like, you know, they're, they're, they're getting away with so much. Fu- oh, it's so. And the other thing. Uh, you know, everyone w- had their panties in a bunch about the the Trump Putin press conference about Put- the, like about Putin said like a reporter asked Putin, like, did you want Trump to win? And he goes, yeah, of course I did. And everyone's like lose their hairs on fire about that. But when you actually listen to his answer, what he said was, yeah, of course I did, because he was saying that he wanted to normalize U.S. Russia relations. Um, that seems perfectly reasonable for me for the president of Russia to say, hey, I wanted the person that's going to be less hawkish on Russia. Because, you know, Hillary, of course, wanted to institute a no-fly zone in Syria, which would have brought us into direct conflict with Russia. And if you remember, well, I was going to say back in 2012, uh, Putin alluded to the fact that he supported Obama. And it it has nothing to do with ideology. Uh, Mitt Romney was a Russia hawk, you know, during the debates. He was saying things like, oh, we're still in a Cold War with Russia. And then Obama fucking made fun of him and said, you know, the 1980s call, they want their foreign policy back. So, yeah. Putin, <laughs> so, which was one of his funnier moments. I got to give him credit for it. Um, and I, I wish people would still say that today. Uh, but and 
so Putin looked at that and was like, hey, whoever's not going to bring us to the brink of World War III, I want that person to win. So, like, why wouldn't he want Trump to win? You know, like, I don't understand why that's such a fucking. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I struggle to take all of that face value because, you know, I, I see the similarity with Trump and Putin where they're, they're, their interests are not necessarily in their country's own best interest, but sure. that's not to say that any president's interests are in the best interest in their of their own country. Interest. Yeah. Their interests are in the best interest of the state in a lot of ways, you know, insofar as, um, you know, remaining a military power, ensuring capital always wins, those kinds of things. Um, if something does work out to be for the benefit of the people and makes an obscene amount of money, then yeah, typically a president's going to support that and they'll tout that as their record. They want to stay popular. Putin's still ridiculously popular in Russia, despite being extremely authoritarian and regressive on a ton of issues. But you know, I mean, he's he's been around for a long fucking time. Like, they, if if he wasn't doing something right there for, for the people, then. You know, they would have gotten rid of them by now. I mean, some com- some countries too just have a very heavily right wing populace. I mean, you look at uh, Israel and the way and, and the support that Netanyahu gets. I mean, there's a, you know, there is a strong kind of left wing resistance in Israel, but it's it's outdwarfed every time you know they have elections by the by the the rabid right wingers in Israel. So yeah, I, you I know, some know. countries just have different yeah. breakdown. It, it's a it's a weird thing. Well, it, it's I think that the, by and large the right in Israel, which is the vast majority, uh, sees Netanyahu as a brutal, uh, bloodthirsty maniac, and they like that. Whereas I don't think they have that impression of Putin in Russia, where they have a very hard right stance. So, I mean, you know, we're talking a huge country, a lot of rural mm-hmm. people um, who tend to be more conservative in their values anyway, or more traditional at least. Um, but, you know, it's also like we live in the 21st century, you know, like people are still way more aware of what's going on. And Russia also still, you know, post-Soviet has a very strong national identity um, for I would argue good reasons, as opposed to a country that wants to be a religious ethno state and get rid of all immigrants, and you know that's uh, mm-hmm. not really a national identity so much as um, white supremacy, right? Which yeah. I mean, you could argue is, is very much a national identity, um, but you know, I mean, I know a lot of people from Russia who have very differing views on things, and <clears throat> I think it's it's not just that they are uh, so right wing necessarily. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, that's uh, sp- spoken like a true comrade because, you know, centrists always like to tell us that uh, Russia is still communist, even though they haven't been fucking communist in, you know, two decades. And uh, they're about as right wing capitalist as you can get right now. But whatever, you know. Yeah. You know, who's who's to judge? Just call things what they want. Uh, yeah. Today. Yeah. Everyone's everyone on the Internet is now talking about socialism and democratic socialism and. You know, of course, well, you know, and there's every the people that say, um, you know, well, they just want to call everything that's good and and helps people socialism, and it's like, well, that's kind of accurate. That's, but uh, that's because everything <laughs> that's good and helps people is socialism. Yeah, I was like, hey, actually, uh, I think workers <laughs> owning the means of production uh, is a good thing that I like, and I will call that socialism. Thank you very much. So you know, in, in, you know, in regards to that, uh, we've talked a lot about how uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez has like broken. Uh, people's brains you know liberals and conservatives uh but the Mm. conservatives are like in fucking panic mode right now because they see that um the insurgency on the left is rising so i have a couple of really hilarious audio clips uh from this week that i wanted to play for everybody 
Yeah, so, and, and if you're listening to this, you probably heard these already because they were like just off the charts uh, bonkers. But we definitely wanted to weigh in on a couple of these. So, enjoy. so the first, the, yeah, the first one here is from the View, uh, Megan McCain, uh, daughter of uh, Warhawk Maniac and you know supposed <laughs> war hero uh, John McCain, the, soon to be the late John McCain. Yeah, it'll be that'll be a sad day, I'm sure. <laughs> but no. Um, so yeah, just just listen to her responding to the the panel discussing democratic socialism, presumably because they were talking about Alexandria. One second. Oh. Well, think about it for a second. Medicare. Social Security, uh, well, garbage collection, the post office, the library. I agree with you, Marvin. That's all. Well, I agree with you because we, we had her on the show, all. and I asked her this question about what do you mean by being a democratic socialist? And she went over her platform. She says Medicare for all, good, uh, fully funded public schools and universities, love it, paid family and sick leave. <laughs> Good. Justice system reform, immigration justice, yeah. infrastructural overhaul, clean campaign finance, an economy of peace, housing as a human right. Well, I don't know. It's a really well, successful well, which, by the way, I hope Democrats do run a democratic socialist. Do you hope that just, we win? Do you win? Do you uh, the Democrats no, because I think you'll lose spectacularly, <laughs> and then I will look forward to election great. night when I finally get to tell everybody I told you so. If you end up running a radical problem with socialism, in the words of Margaret Thatcher, at a certain point you run out of spending other people's money. Venezuela, one of the richest countries in the world in the 70s. Now, the average Venezuelan has lost 24 pounds because they're starving to death. 90% of the country is talking more about Scandinavia than Venezuela. I, but I'm sorry. I need this is what I need from her. Name one country that socialism has ever worked, and also every this. every democratic socialist Copenhagen, who is going um, on TV Denmark, saying that it's good needs Norway, to start paying ninety percent in taxes Iceland. on your tax form. <laughs> so I love she just answers like a question the, immediately. She just ignores <laughs> everything she's saying. I, I really like that she listed Copenhagen as a country. <laughs> well, anyway, she corrected herself. But so, yeah, yeah. so Megan McCain is such a fucking clueless airhead who never has had to work a day in her fucking life, which is why she's so upset that people are coming for her unearned wealth now. Um, you know, she, she literally right wingers they cannot fucking argue about socialism because they know it's better. So all they do is scream Venezuela, Cuba, Soviet Russia. Like that's all they do is right. scream country names without any context. Well, Venezuela, the, the reason Venezuela is in the fucked up state it's in is largely due to our uh, intentional destabilization efforts. It's not because of socialism, and it's fucking. Right. Well, it, and it's, again, it's like she says, she says they're the, they were the richest country in the 70s. Well, that's true because they had a massive wealth inequality. So you had a ton of rich people that had all the wealth that made them the one of the richest countries. The way the same thing with America. I mean, we have we we have the greatest wealth disparity, and we're the richest country. So it's it's like your your brain can't connect those two things, obviously. Um, but I, I just love the idea that you know she's. Uh, it's like she they're scared that um poor people will have the same comforts in life because they feel like what's the point of being rich if i don't have anything better than everyone it's not enough to have the money you have it's like they have to know that poor people are suffering for their own wealth to mean something and provide them real happiness 
Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 uh, 100% on board for a 100% estate tax uh, after listening to Meghan McCain spout her fucking uninformed, you know, mouth off about. I mean, she literally just starts screaming about it. And then Joy Behar, very co- who fucking killed it in the segment. I it was yeah. just like, uh, yeah, you know, that th- then we'll actually win. And then she was like, no, well, name me one country where socialism has worked. And she just starts naming all the Scandinavian countries, which have uh way less uh, wealth inequality and way better health care and way better uh health outcomes and a much higher happiness rating and a mu- just across the board higher uh, education you know figures it's just it works in all those countries because it's just a better fucking system for society and these right-wingers have no way to combat that truth so all they can do is scapegoat and scream about you know right. r- Venezuela or Cuba? It's like so. Uh, uh, Sam Cedar uh, was on was it Chris Hayes the other day, and mm-hmm. yeah. uh, <clears throat> he made the great point. You know, other people have made this point too um, that the the right wingers who have always been calling Hillary Clinton and Obama a socialist, and they get away with it because their their base doesn't know anything. Yeah. Like they don't know they don't know what what that, those words mean. Um, they think Obamacare was socialism, you know, which is just absurd. It's um, yeah, it's so funny. But when it, his point was that when you show a real person who's like, "Yes, I'm a socialist. I'm a democratic socialist," uh, it makes their heads explode because they're like they can't uh, insinuate shit anymore. Now uh-huh. it's like the person gets to define themselves, and suddenly they they go, "Oh shit, this person's really popular." All of their things that they say resonate with people, uh, and people like this, and suddenly they're terrified because they realize this is the way they can tell that a Democrats could win, right? And that definitely threatens them. When they see a Democrat that actually wants to run, run on popular issues and win, that scares the shit out of them. And, of course, then the Democrats hate it because they're like, God damn it, now we have to you – know, we can't lose on purpose anymore and pretend to care. Now we have somebody that actually – does care and can't be bought off and you know doesn't care about um you, you know uh, kissing the ass of the upper leadership in order to uh get results in in the, for their platform they're just going out and doing it on their own <laughs> i just want to read out some stats quick also by the way about uh the mccain's john mccain approximate net worth net worth 16 million dollars cindy mccain's approximate net worth 200 million dollars uh and then there's an article oh, from he Business- married well yeah, he did. I don't know what the fuck she did. Um, I'm sure she, you know, was born well. Um, <laughs> Business Insider uh, wrote an article uh, in 2007. The McCains paid seven hundred thousand dollars in cash for a loft at Biltmore Lofts in Phoenix for their daughter Megan. Uh, they eventually put it on the market for seventy three thousand uh, seven hundred and thirty thousand uh, dollars. And then there's another article from Business Insider. John and Cindy McCain have a sizable real estate portfolio. Not even the senator knew how many houses they owned when asked by a reporter in 2008. In Sedona, Arizona, they own a 15-acre ranch valued at more than $1 million. So, yeah, yeah, Megan McCain, great person to talk to if you want to, you know, talk about the way society should run and function and the way that wealth should be distributed. Fuck but off with your fucking But it's not fair if wealth. poor people get health care. It's not fair. It's a system that doesn't work when you provide for everybody. It just doesn't work. So, you know, another hilarious example of... of uh socialism breaking right-wingers brains uh there was this uh just real real fucking genius from the daily caller um who went on fox news to report in about this alexandria ocasio-cortez rally she went to and it, it and and the results were horrifying you have to you have to hear how how terrifying this rally was 
uh, in her own words. Well, I I went kind of to see conservative, and she went to one of her rallies. Daily Callers, Virginia Cruda, thank you so much for being with us. And you wrote an op-ed about it. Tell us why you went to her rally. What was the interest? Thanks for having me. Um, well, I I went kind of to see what the fuss was about, really, because, I mean, I've been to conservative rallies before. I've been to a Trump speech. I've been to a Ted Cruz rally when he was running for president. And I just kind of wanted to see, you know, why the message was resonating, because really the socialist message is gaining steam within the Democrat Party. So based upon what you saw, why are people drawn to this message? Um, well, I, I was listening to to them talk to Ocasio-Cortez and also to Cori Bush, who she was stumping for in, in St. Louis. And they say things, I mean, they talk about things that everybody wants, especially like if you're a parent, they talk about education for your kids, healthcare for your kids, these, the things that you want. And, you know, if you're not really paying attention to how they're gonna pay for it or, you know, the rest of that, it's easy to fall into that trap and say, my kids deserve this. And, you know, well, maybe the government should be responsible for helping me with that. Mm -hmm. Virginia, as a conservative, mm -hmm. when you're sitting in that audience or standing in that audience and you're listening to that message, how did it make you feel? Were you angry? Were you more drawn to that? I was mostly uncomfortable because I was surrounded Unsafe. by a group Unsafe. of people who were talking about how they had gotten involved because they were tired of being angry all the time. And I'm, it, it seems like so much effort to be angry about everything. Instead of to focus on what you can <laughs> do. They sound very it. angry. Wait, wait, so at the end, she said, it seems it seems like such effort to be angry all the time instead of focusing on what you can do to change it. And she literally and just talked about all the things that they want to do to change America, to fix... The, but she came so close to the point, guys. She came so fucking close and then just sailed past it at a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> so her delivery is really... Uh, it reminds me of Ralphie saying, uh, Mrs. Krabappel and Principal Skinner were in the closet making babies. And I saw one of the babies, and the baby looked at me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like she just has this bewildered kind of like... They care about their children and want good things, but I saw through it. I knew better that healthcare is not right for children. And it's like you wonder how do they process ideas. It sounds like she was talking herself into it as she was talking, like talking herself into that it was a bad idea, not that it was a good idea. As she was saying it, she's like, Like how much subjugation do you have to suffer your in your life to think that way? You know, that to think that like you universal you know, God doesn't love us universally. God only loves special ones of us. And if he wanted you to have health care, he would have made you rich by now. I just can't, man. These fucking people are just so beyond parody. Like that seriously felt like a fucking like a like an SNL sketch. And it's like, no, that's that's really how they talk because they're just their brains are fucking broken. Like they but this is such a good sign because it's like this means that we're going to fucking beat them because they just have no uh, way to combat actual socialism. They they just have no concept of how to uh, counter that with talking points because it's just they, they ring fucking hollow. Like they just end up saying, well, yeah, I see the appeal of it, but, you know, I know better. Blah, blah, blah. The, the only thing they can go to uh, is that they steal the centrist talking point, which is how you're going to pay for it, which we've already outlined a thousand times. and I don't feel the need to do again. But again, guys, you know. 
this money already exists. We're not pulling from a fucking finite pool of money. We, I said earlier, we spent 5.6 fucking trillion dollars on the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, attacking two countries illegally that didn't fucking attack us. Well, 5. right. 6 trillion dollars. Iraq and Afghanistan paid us back for the, the destruction we caused, right? That was part of the whole plan that I, Iraq would pay for its own reconstruction. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that you happened, know, weirdly, right? weirdly, uh, when you destabilize a country's government and uh, get rid of all their leaders, uh, it's pretty hard to get uh, any kind of money that you're owed <laughs> back from them. It's it's a weird thing. I don't know, you know? <laughs> but yeah, no, of course not. We, we, we fucking, you know, uh, the one true thing Colin Powell ever said, you know, if you break it, you you own it. And we fucking broke it in both of those countries. And we're rooting and tooting and ready to fucking go in a, in Iran now to do the exact same thing. And it's like, we've wasted so much fucking movie. You look at the F, you know, the F-35 program. We spent, you know, I think something like $3 trillion doesn't even fucking work. Um, but beyond just the military spending, which of course is is obscene. Um, we just fucking cut taxes for the richest people in the fucking country. We we just added one point five billion dollar uh, billion dollars to the deficit that yeah, we didn't. But need unemployment to... went down. I mean, that's the trade off, right? <laughs> it's more just, low it's wage so jobs. Absurd, this and, whole concept yeah. of of where it, the fucking money we already pay for it. It's such a nonsense talking point that it makes me nuts when people use it. But it makes me even more nuts when people on the uh, you know supposed left, really the center use it because you're giving fuel to these fucking chuds who don't know what they're talking about. Right. Well, and you know, then you've got Sally Albright that says that, you know, uh, well, we don't want to upset the right. So we shouldn't use the word socialism. It's like, Oh, so we're going to stop talking about, uh, you know, freedom of reproductive freedom. We're going to stop talking about abortion. We're going to stop talking about climate change. And, you know, obviously Sally Albright who worked for Newt Gingrich, uh, who (laughs) in 2012, not, not in ancient uh, history, you know, Right. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, she doesn't give a shit about abortion rights. You know, she doesn't give a shit about climate change. Fucking you know, she's it's a fucking grifter just yeah. making money off people that are idiots who hate Trump. That's all. All these people were no one. No one knew their names before 2016. Yeah, man. I just I don't know. <laughs> I but I, I, I you know, I love this shit because it, it really gives me hope that we're going to crush these fucking morons because they're just so hapless and they are such paper tigers and they got to look so strong for so many years because the Democrats are just beyond feckless and they're, you know, trying to be Republican light and trying to be, you know, oh, we love capitalism too, you know, <laughs> like fucking Jenk was saying the other day how much oh, he loves Anna, capitalism. Anna Kasparian said it today too. Uh they ran a clip of specific they ran a clip of her on some shittier talking head show on it on tyt where she's like i'm not opposed to capitalism i'm just opposed to crony capitalism chris it's like it's the same fucking thing dumbass there's there is no ethical capitalism it's the all of it is yeah they want to they want to pretend that basic commerce that any exchange of goods for and services for uh for for currency is capitalism and that's just not true that's just not what the fucking word means no right so but they want to know if they know that or not i I think they might not be smart enough to understand the difference like they're smart enough to know the difference they get they get my tweets they just refuse to read them on the air (laughs) (laughs) they get my tweet um yeah yeah no yeah i mean and and you know jank again it just lost his fucking mind today or i'm sorry two days ago 
he was, and I, I'm not going to read the whole tweet storm, but he just, again, going off about the Russia thing and about, oh, well, if you don't believe that the that the left uh, or that Russia interfered in the election, then you're just being willfully obtuse and you're just ignoring all this evidence and look at all this evidence, these 12 indictments. And, you know, all these people like Aaron Matei, journalists, uh, helpfully pointed out to the moron that, uh, well, you know, Jank, that indictments are not evidence and indictments are um you know, given in lieu of uh, evidence to be be further presented. And because of the fact that we're never going to uh, try foreign intelligence agents on U.S. soil, uh, there's no need, there's no requirement for the Mueller uh, investigation right. to provide any fucking evidence ever because it's never going to, they're never going to see a courtroom. Well, he's also running this, this much debunked uh, story that, um, you know the the voter roll or voting machines. I forget what exactly what it was, but like the um, several voting things were hacked. Into, <laughs> were, yeah. were hacked in many different states, and the Intercept debunked that story back in November, and he's still spreading that bullshit. You know, so it, it's just it's you know he does the whole first hour about this bullshit, and I had a tweet that got a little bit of play this week. It just basically said, well, imagine if they spent the first hour of every show five days a week talking about all the ways that the dnc and hillary clinton committed um election committed campaign fraud you know just just the the fundraising agreement they had as early as 2015 was a violation of campaign finance law so that was you know like they were they were rigging the system before bernie was even involved they were going to take out anyone who was remotely uh, populist who who ran they did you know obviously didn't expect bernie to do so well but again they misjudged a lot of things in that race yeah yeah no absolutely um i you know i just fucking clowns man i i, I really can't with tyt anymore um you know we no, talked I about hate, last I, week yeah but. i purely i hate watch the show now i'm just yeah. just waiting for things where i'll kind of listen in the background and i'll hear anna's shrill voice just like i'm a capitalist you know it's like oh my god you're so fucking insufferable shut up and they, so. the the occasional time they have good people on, they barely ever let them talk. Like they had Francesca Fiorentini oh. on the other day, and she was fucking awesome. But then, you know, of yeah. course, Jank steamrolls all over her. Yeah, he gets all excited, and when he had Abby Martin on, and he just was, he would not shut up, and she just gave up trying to talk at all. And it's like, why have a great guest host on there and do nothing but like soapbox? Yeah, yeah, he's just his big bloated head can't help itself. Sorry, but I mean the guy's uh, fucking. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I'm over them. But um, I, do you have any unpopular opinions this week? Because I, I, I have one actually. Uh, if you know, if you have one. Um, uh, mine always come. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've had a couple, but it's like lately I've been getting some some uh low key hate trickling back my way from uh some of the folks out oh, there in like the twitter your, universe your, so. your vegan cheese the tweet yeah <laughs> oh not even that not even that it's just like people can't help themselves try to be defensive about that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. it's it's like i'll make a joke about veganism and people still get hyper serious about it it's just like yeah you don't need to fight about it it's not for you um well, so my unpopular yeah. well i was gonna say my unpopular opinion is so it's somewhat inspired by another one of your tweets but it's not i'm not saying this is what you were saying but that so and this is probably not an unpopular not a popular opinion on the left you know hence it being an unpopular opinions i don't really support the idea of open borders and i'm going to clarify that i'm not just saying in general like i know that 
inherently borders are fucking stupid and a made up, you know, line that divides territory that didn't even belong to the people that are currently occupying that territory. When I say that I don't support open borders, I don't in in our current geopolitical climate with all the horrible shit we've done in the world, it would be absolute suicide to 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 make America like an open borders country where and you know, like a lot of dsa literature and things like that say things like abolish borders about you know and i'm like that's not a good argument because even people on the left are going to say like hey look we've been such a fucking menace in every other country in the world pretty much that if we did open our borders there are people that would try to you know get in here and fucking kill us and i'm not and i'm not even saying that they're not justified in trying to do that but if we were if we weren't such a menace if we were a country like sweden uh or just any of this iceland or if we acted like that and didn't fuck with people's elections and didn't fuck with people's democracies and and support coups and shit i totally support that idea i think given the fact that we are basically the enemies of the world that in our current situation that would be kind of suicidal to do so i don't know i i just think it's it's not great for the left when we use language like that because i think it turns people off well, um, you know, you, you look at the way that borders are used to trap people and the way that nation states conduct foreign policy that creates situations where people are forced to flee across borders mm-hmm. as refugees to seek political asylum or, you know, things like that. So it's these situations wouldn't exist if you didn't have hundreds, thousands of years of nation states, mm-hmm. um, you know, colonialism, all these things. So it's. Obviously, uh, I, I support undocumented communities. I support oh, legal course. immigration. Yeah, yeah I'm not um, talking about them. I'm, I, I'm not saying that we just uh, throw away every every uh, security uh, protocol. Well, you know, I, I'm not so keen on the security protocols because that stuff gets weaponized against people who do nothing wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's again, it's like we're eventually going to get to that point. I mean, the the idea of uh, you know, different counties being rivalries is, is kind of absurd. You never think of, <laughs> of such course. a thing, you know. Like, does anyone pay attention to where the county line is? No, no. of course not. Um, you know, a, a lot of these things are arbitrary. Like, the border for most of America is just a river, you know. It, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, it wasn't arbitrary that we picked that to be the border, but it's still, it's like, you don't see these things from space, you know. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. it's there. There's a wall there now, but... Uh, you know, I don't think it's wrong to say that, you know, the idea of a stateless, borderless society where we all get along and there's a lot more equality and a lot more justice is something we shouldn't openly name. No, I and I agree that that's, that should be the end goal. I just think currently, given our geopolitical standing in the world, that, that mm. we could never, in, in our current <laughs> form, do that because we've fucked it up, basically. Yeah, um, well, we certainly have enough mass murderers already here that were yeah, born in the United true. States. So, um, uh, and when, when I say that, I don't mean that like we should close our board. I don't at all mean that. And I think anyone who comes to this country as a refugee should absolutely be let in, you know, and vetted, obviously, but, but vetted in a proper way, not in like a Trump, you know, vet you and send you back way. Like, yeah. we'll put run, you in jail for two years. And yeah, if you're really no, nice, we'll let you out. Yeah. yeah, no, run a background check on people, like a basic background check. Just make sure they're not, you know, tweeting about how they're affiliated with ISIS. And then uh, you let them in the fucking country, especially if they're refugees fleeing from countries uh, in South America and places like Mexico, where we've absolutely decimated their fucking land with our bullshit war on drugs. I mean, those people are 
refugees we create and then we say you can't come into our country so i'm not mm. talking about that i'm not i'm just saying in general i don't you know i i think we've, we've been such menaces on the world stage that we do need to maintain some level of background checks when people come into the country we couldn't necessarily well, be I mean, borderless the, as of the, now the process of uh, of of seeking asylum is a very stringent vetting process the process of becoming a mm-hmm. legal immigrant takes over two years so it, it's not as though we don't already have very strict things for for that uh you know i i don't know it's people saying the, the big thing that frustrates me i mean, not really frustrates but just you know you know that this is like the way they try to spin shit is saying that well if you abolish ice then we have no more border like Which, yeah well, exactly guarding the border before 2003 fuck not <laughs> it's just like they don't they don't have any memory of of what was i mean before number one it's a natural game. you know half of it's guarded naturally by a fucking giant river that's uncrossable mountain lines too <laughs> and mountain yeah and and there's a fucking wall already there from bush so it's like you know even if literally we had no border enforcement the, the immigration would not start flooding into the country uh no, and and number two of course there's board there's customs and borders protection which have existed you know for many years before ice so ice serves literally no functional purpose they're just a fucking uh, if i wanted to come here i'd just buy a plane ticket i just fly the <laughs> yeah, fuck that over also. that border <laughs> yeah that they, yeah they don't they don't stop you if you're doing that you could literally fly into this country and then just not go back and you know stay off the grid and you'd be fine <laughs> until you got caught yeah. i don't know i'm th- i'm trying to think of an unpopular opinion um yeah, I guess my, you know, how McCain's about to kick the bucket and everyone's like, oh, but he served his country oh, and he selflessly didn't, uh, you know, he's, he's, even though he denounced USA when he was being tortured, he never allowed himself to be transferred out of the prison camp and traded for whatever, you know, and everyone just, they don't, they, they, it's, it's this, again, this worship of the troops regardless of the atrocities they commit you know and this was this was the son of an admiral who signed up to do this shit he wasn't mm-hmm. drafted he signed up to go fucking drop bombs on workers in factories making civilian light bulbs right mm-hmm. so I, I just you know a lot of people have ragged on him uh, about when he got shot down i do think the irony though that uh we we spent all these we we took all of the the Nazi uh, rocket scientists and put them to work building all kinds of different rockets and and jets and everything. So we pretty much had like rocket scientists who developed our war technology for Vietnam, um, and were dropping bombs on civilians and strafing the ground and just you know uh, scorched earth uh, policies. And he gets shot down by rice farmers and stabbed in the dick with a fucking bayonet. Oof, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. And it's just like, you know, for all of our technological power and money, uh, you still can't do shit against someone working in a rice field with a spear, <laughs> motherfucker. So, so yeah, I, and you know what? I'd have, I would have respect for him if he came back from Vietnam and then all of a sudden denounced our bullshit war economy and said, like, look, this is not the way to go, and we should uh, stop yeah, doing it. Like, but it, of course, he didn't thing- do that. He went the other way completely. Oh, he was like, well, torture's bad, but all the war is still good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, but ugh. still kill those yellows, you know, or those whatever the fuck. Didn't he call them like gooks and like on Congress on the Congress floor once? Like that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really, know if I'm making that up, but uh, I, I'm pretty I sure. I don't like the slurs, obviously, but when you make jokes about just bombing entire nations of people as as a funny thing, that's way more offensive to me than than oh, calling somebody 
you know, slope or whatever. It, it's just, it's the idea that uh, words are somehow more offensive than the idea of genocide. To me, it, it bothers me a lot. <laughs> yeah. And just, just for the record, for what I was referring to, in the 2000 uh, election cycle, he uh, said it, uh, when people asked him about the, that he was being tortured, you know, his, tor- his time being tortured in North Vietnamese prison, uh, quote, I hate the gooks, McCain said yesterday in response to a question. So this wasn't offhand. He said this like to an interviewer. <laughs> Uh, McCain said yesterday in response to a question from reporters about a, uh, aboard his campaign bus, I will hate them as long as I live. Um, so, yeah, you know, know. Won't be much longer if I hate anyone. Yeah, great fucking guy yeah. that we should all respect and, and, and not say anything bad about when he fucking croaks. Um, yeah, I don't think that'll be too unpopular on this podcast uh, or among our listeners. Yeah, I guess my unpopular opinion was that um, it's good to stab war criminals in the dick because that's kind of that's that's karma, right? Yeah, you know, all's fair in love and war. Sure. Well, hey, we fucking invaded their country for no reason. Uh, Served serves you right for being stabbed in the dick if you were fucking over there killing them. Yeah, Um, I I think I was talking about this earlier, but I was reading um, a little bit about the the Vietnam's Declaration of Independence, which was shortly after the end of World War II, and how Ho Chi Minh uh, actually had lived in the U.S. for for most of the 1930s and had studied our own constitution and had borrowed heavily from the wording of that and basically said, like, look, uh, we think that you breaking away from Great Britain was a, a good thing, that you you deserved the right of self-determination as a people, and they could not understand why we wouldn't support that and why we ultimately took over from France in trying to oppress their their uh, you know individual freedom and, and national sovereignty. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, just the idea that we were – taking sides in a civil war was ridiculous there was no civil war it was it, they were a unified people who were trying to fight colonialism and it was france who basically left them high and dry when japan invaded they were the french pulled out and said you're on your own vietnam and then as soon as war was over france was like oh you're yours you're ours again it's like fuck no vietnam they fought against the fascists and they call them fascist they call refer to japan as fascists in their own declaration of independence and they refer to france as imperialists in their own declaration of independence so it's it, you should read it sometimes it's a great document and actually that that movie we reviewed fog of war was an interesting uh dude, that's an interesting listen to that podcast because we talked a lot about how uh the, the the total misperception of the situation in vietnam by the people at the top of our government who we assume uh do their due diligence before you know invading a fucking country and getting involved in a civil war costing you know millions of upon millions of dollars and thousands of american lives it's yeah. like you would think so I, but no it was like oh fuck i guess these guys aren't that bad we we, we kind of fucked this one up <laughs> Are we the baddies? Yeah. Is it us? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know I've talked about Hearts and Minds a few times. It was a documentary film about the, the Vietnam War uh, that was made during the Vietnam War. And it won Best Documentary when it came out. And uh, I think it was Bob Hope and Frank Sinatra were the were the uh, the hosts of the Oscars that year. Mm-hmm. And mid-show, they've refused to come out on stage because they were boycotting the fact Fucking that break. Hearts and Minds won. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the greatest parts of, of Hearts and Minds is an interview with uh, Daniel Ellsberg. Who, oh, wow. Uh, it was, this was like right after he was uh, acquitted um, for you know being put on trial for releasing the Pentagon Papers. There's a great scene where he just like breaks down emotionally and starts crying on camera about 
having his own realization that we were the baddies, you know, that it wasn't us on one side or the other, that we created that civil war to justify our war against the whole country, in essence. Um, and just basically, you know, <laughs> when you think you're the good guy and you're fighting for good and then realize, oh, actually, no, I'm I'm the evil one. Like, you imagine how many Nazis in Germany who really just kind of went along with it because the country was going along with it probably had that moment where they went, oh, my God, what have I done? What have we done? You know? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if America as a country will ever have that moment for one of our wars. <laughs> I think you individuals know, Iraq was have it, close, yeah. But just collectively, we're always taught that it's you know we don't ever. It's just well, it's your duty to serve. Yeah. So you know whatever the mission is, whether it's right or wrong, you know don't feel yeah. bad. It's not your fault. You know the problem is that collectively we never probably will because the media largely controls the collective narrative. Uh, yeah, the collective narrative and the media is always funded by lockheed martin and boeing and all these people so they're never going to say things like that so you know as much as we're engaged there's so many people who just believe whatever the fuck they hear on cable news they're never going to make that connection themselves unfortunately so i i don't know what it's going to take maybe like a really like a true anti-war president and i don't even think bernie's that like like a really a true like like anti-imperialist anti-war president was the only thing that would break through to some of these people we we talked about this earlier but there was somebody did a study about uh the demographics of families who actually had uh lost uh or, or or had relatives that were veterans in iraq or afghanistan or had uh you know lost relatives in the war um mm -hmm. and their likelihood of voting for a republican based on them becoming anti-war uh, because they've grown to see that Democrats were now largely the, the most pro-war party, um, which, you know, I mean, I, I think pretty equal as far as is, is love in the war. But, you know, the idea that, that right-wingers only vote because they're, you know, uh, have been misled by somebody, which, you know, is true some of the time, but a lot of them, their own lived experience of feeling manipulated and, and lied into a war, I think, uh, at least according to this study, had a lot to do with people seeing Trump as not being pro-war. Um, which, you know, I'd, I'd love to see the numbers of how often he's using the, the drone strikes and, uh, uh, you know, the, the kill list that Obama popularized, because we know he is still using that. He probably doesn't even spend much time on it himself. He probably just says, like, hey, bring me the list. I'll look at it and go, uh-huh, sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's still there. It's still there, uh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> fucked up times we live in. Um, so... Uh, we're going to get out of here, but uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and uh, share around the podcast. Send around that link, too, for the uh, Teespring. Uh, I know, you know, obviously a bunch of us are broke and we can't, not everyone could afford to to buy a shirt and shit like that. But just, you know, if you can't, just if you could share it around, uh, that would help us out a lot on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Twitter um, and Facebook, mostly. Yeah. yeah Snapchat. Mostly those two. Yeah. If you're young. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one of the kids these days, uh, I guess you're, yeah. you're Snapchatting with your, yeah. Um, I was Snapchatting right now during the show, actually. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you heard the snapping sound or the chat no. sound. I don't, doesn't really make any sound, actually. But I, I, I don't know how you Snapchat. I'm, I'm a fucking old millennial. I, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. It, I mean you're, you're an older millennial, but still. Uh, 
Yeah, there's nothing scarier because, you know, it, it doesn't save anything unless you deliberately save it. It's not like you have a chat log, right? There's nothing scarier than when you say something on someone on Snapchat and all of a sudden it shows you that they took a screenshot of it because you're like, wait a minute, motherfucker. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like like you, you tweet something angry to your ex and they take a screenshot and you're like, oh, great. She's going to go share that with all of her friends. Fuck. <laughs> it's a creepy function, too, that they show you that people screenshot your shit. Like... Yeah, I don't know. The whole concept of Snapchat is is beyond me, but maybe I'll I'll try it one yeah. day. Well, it, like every platform, they're all trying to be like each other by ruining what made them unique and popular in the first place. So, uh, you know, Facebook Messenger is trying to be like Snapchat, and now Snapchat's trying to be like Instagram, and now Instagram's trying to be like Snapchat. It's like it, it just it, there's it's all the same bland, boring thing, and eventually people just get tired of it. And they walk away, you know. So I don't know. I'm I'm what are you bored talking about? I use MySpace every time uh, I log on to the, my computer. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I, I might actually take you out of my top eight friends for 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 an ignorant comment like that on MySpace. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm too young. I'm only um, 23 years old. I don't know if you knew that. So. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, <laughs> on that note. Um, yeah, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. You can follow us over on SoundCloud at uh, soundcloud.com slash move left, uh, facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, our merch again is at teespring.com slash move left. Uh, I'm at move underscore left on Twitter. I'm very on brand. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> uh, and I'm at KS Riot 1999 on twitter.com. Yeah. And uh, don't be a war criminal.